Welcome to the podcast. We're street smart, business smart, all kinds of smart people share their insights into the world of marketing, career journeys, and personal growth. So sit back and prepare to get enlightened with your host, Adam Posner. Everybody, welcome back to the podcast where I bring you the best and brightest from the world of business, marketing, and personal growth to help you harness your inner tenacity and drive your career forward. Tribe, my guest today, Rich Cardona, is a first-generation American and retired Marine Corps attack helicopter pilot. How cool is that shit? (laughs) After getting a master's in business administration out of fear he wouldn't be marketable, he ventured into the traditional workplace and landed a job with a little company called Amazon. While he admits the company is the tip of the spear, his experience in fulfillment was extremely unfulfilling. He left, moved into his in-law's basement, and dug down deep to find his true passion that would lead him to a fulfilling business. After spending time with and documenting one of my heroes, Claude Silver, VaynerMedia's chief heart officer, he realized that there was a need for executives like her to become more visible, and the idea was hatched, and Rich Cardona Media was born. And today, Rich and his team help executives and entrepreneurs become more visible by using video to create long-term content and social media strategies. And he's also created a brand new video series and podcast called The Leadership Locker, and it's awesome, and we'll link you, and you guys got to check it out, where influencers and industry leaders share their experience with transitioning service members and veteran entrepreneurs. I know that's a mouthful. Rich will fill us in. Rich, welcome to the podcast. Dude, thank you so much for the intro. Uh, I feel like there's these hypothetical or figurative fireworks going on behind me. And I'm coming into the arena. (laughs) Smoke smoke machines and lasers and all that kind of shit. So why uh, don't we start? So my my tribe may not know you well, right? Like, Like one of the things that I really like to do is, you know, bring on guests and introduce them to my audience and my tribe. People that I value, people that I think are just awesome human beings doing great stuff out there. So why don't just a real quick high level overview of who you are and what you do best, man. Yeah, man. Uh, first, thanks for having me on. Uh, what, what I do high level, uh, you know, looking down is I am just a dude who, do, who doesn't settle, who always thinks there's more, uh, who always thinks I'm not actually fulfilling my life's purpose yet. And because of that, I always look at it, everything that I do as there's no finish lines, there's only starting lines. And um, entrepreneurship is my newest uh, adventure and my favorite adventure so far in my life. Uh, it's been exactly what I needed it to be. Just, I mean, this is obviously not uh, G-rated, right? It's a fucking kick in the balls all the time. The fuck you want, um, man. But it's wonderful. It's a wonderful life, man. And um, it's just where I need to be, grinding and trying to give back to the community with the podcast and trying to give, give to people who need to be visible, period, point blank. I mean, it's as simple as that, and I'm happy as hell. That's awesome, man. So I love your story. It's awesome. And you and I connected and we got this thing going over here. So first and foremost, thank you for your service. I think, you know, I'm grateful. um, And so many people are as well. So let's talk a little bit about your military service. I'm always interested to learn, you know, why you first decided to go into the armed forces. All right, man. I, 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 yeah, this is, I, uh, I was going nowhere. I mean, you and I are both from the Northeast and uh, I was just like this dude who didn't, give a shit about anything. I was smoking weed all the time in high school, drinking. I, I kind of did sports. I was just all over the place, man. And I always like to say that my social life took precedence over everything else. Right. So even though I knew I kind of had potential and I could do well in school and everything like that, uh, I just didn't care. So I was a junior and then I ran into, I was mixed up with this, this 
bad dude-ish. And, him, uh, and, and the wrong crew, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, he's like, I ran into his father and his father was a Marine. And I was like, what? And like, his uniform looks sharp, blah, 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 blah. So he's like, my buddy's like, let's go talk to a recruiter. So we go talk to this recruiter who's the ultimate used car salesman of recruiters. And this dude is hyping it up, basically saying like, you're going to be on the SWAT team of the United States. I'm like, oh, oh, wow. You know, I'm That's a junior cool. in high school, man. I'm a junior in high school. So you're going to give me is, a gun? Yeah. yeah, yeah. This dude is actually, it's so funny because, I mean, I could never identify him now, but um, he used to let me drive around his government vehicle. Like, he, he, it's like he did everything in his power to make sure he had someone who's going to lock in and, and be, you know. That's a dedicated his, recruiter, man. I should oh, take it, some notes from him. A hundred percent. But here's the funny thing. Lo and behold, I find out this dude who I thought was hard as hell. He was in like, he was a musician in the Marine Corps. <laughs> like He was a flute player. Exactly, dude. Flute player. Yeah, man. Like, I was like, are you kidding me? But anyway, man. To Sorry, cowbell. He was a cowbell guy. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I mean, he knew I didn't know better. So, of course, he's trying to thug it out. So, long story <laughs> short, man. Like, I, I just, uh, I knew I was going nowhere, man. I always say it's my first self-aware moment. I was like, what am I doing? Uh, I, I got to do something. My parents, like I said, you said, I was first generation American. I mean, I knew hard work, but like my parents didn't have the money to send me to college. And if I went to college, I was going to smoke or drink my way out of that thing in the first semester, period, point blank. And you knew and it back like, then. You knew yeah. that back then. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I knew I needed direction, man. And I knew I couldn't ha have them pay for college and that was it. So, so I, off I went. And all I said to myself, bro, was like, four years and I'm going to have all this discipline and I'm going to get out and everything's going to be wonderful. And then I'll just show everyone that I was able to do it myself. That was 1998, three years later to, you know, nine 11 happened. So that changed everything. Uh, but yeah, so that, that, uh, four initial four years ended up being 17 years. Wow. That's crazy. Did you, did you know going in that you wanted to fly helicopters? Oh God, dude, I was the lowest of the low. I, yeah. and this is, this is what I mean, man. I never settled. I was the lowest of the low. I was a private, I was an enlisted Marine. And for all you veterans out there, you know what I mean? Uh, it's just the very bottom rung of the totem pole. And, you know, as I progressed in the Marine Corps, I was like, you know what? I could do more. And, and, and this is going to sound arrogant, but I was like, I don't want to be just carrying out the orders. I want to be giving the orders. Yeah. And literally, like literally, like I was just performing at a level where I knew I could get some endorsements for an officer transition program. I applied and guess what? Like, here's the key, man. I was the only dude in my Italian uh, battalion who applied. So they're like, go ahead. You, you won. You know? You're in. It's, it's, it's like, dude, I was not like super qualified at all. I just showed up and was like, I put my name in the hat and I, and I Shut kind of, up, made, man. I just made a case that I was destined to do that. And then off I went from enlisted infantry guy to flight school and well, college like? and then college and then flight school. And then, I mean, dude, no one could ever have told me years and years ago that I was going to be flying these $24 million awesome light attack helicopters. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Right. It was unbelievable. And, and, and what, where, where in the world have you been sent to, man, that you could tell uh, us? So did, uh, I mean, before Afghanistan, I have been all over, you know, Okinawa, Italy, uh, Malta, just, just all over Germany, Spain. It was great. Um, did a lot of really cool things. But, uh, you know, Afghanistan and combat was, was by far the best ever. And, I mean, I'm just going to take a second to talk about that. Yeah, please. One, one guy told me before we left, he goes, what you're about to do, and he had been deployed three times before us. Uh, his name's his, his call signs action action jackson so uh this dude's like 
your lives are going to get so much better personally and professionally or your growth. I'm sorry, your growth. And I was like, how, how is this? And like, here we are in this like secret room before we deploy for weeks at a time, studying all the regions and all these like objective areas and all this stuff. And I'm like, I don't know what he means. And then we get there and you are replaced. It's called a rip, uh, replace in position. Essentially we are replacing another squadron who's been there and they're at right. the fit. They're, at they're the rotating out. Mm -hmm. Exactly. We're rotating. Right. So, uh, sorry, rotate in place is what I meant. So, um, so we're rotating out. They look shit hot. They're also look tired. Like we're ready to leave. And here we come. And just like here, we're, we're going to come in and just fuck it all up. Right? Like we haven't been there. We're not in the rhythm. We don't have the cadence, you know, we're new. So we get there and then little by little things start to get better. And dude, next thing you know, it's like month three or four and you are just operating at such a you're high level. It's second nature. And you're just like, like everything you thought you could do is like five X. So there's part number one. And then per personally, professionally, I mean, like, dude, you're reading, you're getting in shape, you're having deeper conversations. You're starting to get to know like the people around you, like they're already brothers to you, but now you're starting to talk about their families. You're starting to learn about their ambitions for the future. And that's why I always say, man, like when you serve, I mean, especially in the Marine Corps, in my opinion, like it's just like, it's not, you can't duplicate that on the outside. I, I don't know how to explain it, but it changed everything about me. And I mean, it was just Incredible. a pivotal, pivotal point in my career where I operated at a level that I don't even know if I'll ever get to that level again. But, but that mindset that you know that you've been there before is really helping you to where you are now. You have that discipline. And let's talk about that in, the, in that transition. So you returned from service. When, when was that? When did your service end? Uh, I... Retired early from the Marine Corps at 2015, uh, August 1st, 2015. Okay. So, and let me just say this, man, I was 17 years. That was exactly half of my adult life I spent, half my life I it's, spent in the Marine Corps. <laughs> it's, cra it's crazy to think about that. Yeah, it's nuts. Right? It was nuts. So, so let's talk about that. Like right in the beginning when, when you transitioned out, what was that like coming back so to the civvy world here? It sucked, man. Like it, it, here's one thing I'll say. You feel liberated. You're like, cool. I'm out. Like I'm in charge of my life. I'm taking charge. So I was going to USC. Uh, they had a satellite campus in San Diego. I was like, cool. Like I need an MBA. So I'm going to go get an MBA. So I thought I was like, you know, this badass dude. And I'm like, All right, I'm a retired Marine and I'm getting an MBA. I'm in California. Smart. You know, I've done I, this. Yeah. Like, this. like I, I just thought everything was going to be okay. But dude, I felt out of place immediately was it the lack of regiment was it because you were so used to being told what to do where to be kind of you had that like always on locked in kind of mindset now you you were able to to be a little bit more of a free free, free uh, agent free free spirit kind of like it, it's it's kind of like the the adrenaline almost of of just being like cool it's my life now but now it's just like, it's like culture shock. Like now you have to kind of adapt and assimilate to this entirely different, you know, group of people. And, and here I am in class, for example, and I'd always feel out of place. I'm just like, dude, I'm like the dumbest dude in here. Like all, as an executive MBA, so all these people had like very significant experience in their respective industries. I always felt like the clown, but you know what, bro? Like this is what's the most important thing about that. I don't, I didn't belong in school. Why not? I don't, I'm, I'm not a good student. Oh. Like I learned by doing, I, right. I was in that class. So why, so why'd you have to be there? Why'd you think you have to be there, man? I was afraid I wasn't going to be marketable that people on the outside weren't going to give a shit that I had 17 years of service. 
scary. Period. It's scary, but it's true, man. As a recruiter, I mean, I don't do it, but there's a bias out there. You know, I, I think, I mean, when I look at, when I, when I think about people that have served our country, I think about the dedication and the focus that they have from that soft and hard skill, man. Like that experience is extremely valuable, regardless yeah. of industry or profession. You felt, you know, if what you wanted to do, you needed that MBA. I, I literally felt like if I didn't have that, then I wasn't worth the shit. Mm. And, uh, you know, that's, that's, this is not new, man. This is, this, that mentality is, is not unique to veterans. That's what happens every day. And that's why I, I made that podcast so I could share with them information so people could help them through the transition mm-hmm. easier. But, um, yeah, so I got the MBA and, uh, that landed me a job at Amazon. And I mean, <laughs> If you want to get into that, we get into that. Let's man. let's talk about Amazon. So where where we which um, where yeah, I was, I was down uh, I was down in Austin, Texas. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, San San Marcos, Texas. Uh, it was a new facility, a state of the art facility, and I went and uh, we had to actually tr- mm-hmm. go train for a couple months in South uh, Florida. And the minute I started training, I was like, "Oh shit, what I sign up for." Like, I'm not sure this is for me. What function were you doing at Amazon? Would you get hired? Operations. Ops. Yeah. Warehouse, fulfillment center. So front end and back end, you were, you were on the floor and you were at the desk. Everything, everything, man. Well, there's not really desks, but yeah. But why why did, why did, I mean, what was the draw there? What drew you to Amazon? Was it just the name or was it it the first job that kind of hit you in the face? I had got offered them. I had got a job offer from them six months before I got, uh, I, I finished my MBA for this uh, program that accelerates you to senior positions quickly. I'm like, okay. So I, I, uh, I, I went through the interview process. I mean, dude, they had an offer like that. It was so quick. So I'm like feeling amazing. Right. And then dude, the hairs on the back of my neck started standing up cause they had that article from New York times that came out and I'm like, all right, so I start reading Glassdoor, which, you know, isn't necessarily the greatest yeah, well, place for my thoughts on Glassdoor. Yeah. I mean, like, whatever. But like, I've read enough. Enemy number one. <laughs> yeah. I've read enough to where I'm like, mm. and I was like, you know what? And I, and I ended up saying no. So uh, I don't actually know if I've ever said this on a podcast before, man. But like March came around, my wife and I find out we're having a baby. I freaking call Amazon quick, fast, and in a hurry. I'm like, what if I revisited that offer that I declined? They're like, here's our open positions. I'm like, bet. And of course, they're like, cool, we don't have to re-interview this guy. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. So make it I picked Austin, went to Austin. Um, and look, like I, you said, it, it's their tip of the spear. Everything that's going on inside that facility was amazing, but I hated being indoors that long. I hated uh, like, being... Find- Oh, dude, okay, it was I awful. Just been, it was couldn't awful. help but stay or night with the weather was happening. Yeah, exactly that. Is it raining out? Is it winter? It's awesome. No, there's no snow. Well, there's yeah. snow in Austin. Uh, the tempo was fast and then all that was crazy. But like I had taken very serious issues with the leadership very early on. And I was just like, you suck, you suck, you suck in my head. I'm like, you suck. Mm. So I, I you already had that in your mindset. So you weren't focused. You didn't give a crap. I was about bad, bro. I was, I was very, I was toxic. I'm not going to lie. And what happened mm-hmm. was I, I still really prefer- man. I still performed at a high level right. and I eventually got promoted. And then once I had a bunch of hourly associates and managers under me, that's when my performance really took off. And even though my performance was taking off and I felt like I was doing the best leadership I'd done in a very long time and that I was shining, shining above the people above me, my character was plummeting. How so? I was having a baby. I was a shitty father, shitty husband. I was drinking my face off. I was getting fat as fuck. I was just, 
all over the place, dude. I was not at peace with myself. I was obsessed with leading people and making sure they got something. And that's all that mattered to me. Did you feel that you're, you, you were so focused on performing at this high level at work that it was taken away from the things that are most important, your marriage and the baby? 100%. And what'd you do about that, man? I mean, was there a breaking point when you said, fuck this, this I need to shift my focus back to my family and my kid? Yeah, well, look, man, anyone, anyone, who, any, anyone who ever, if anyone ever listens to this and, and they're from Amazon, they'll know this is consistent with the truth and I make no qualms about it. I was doing some shithead stuff behind the scenes. I was just, I was leaving early. I was cutting corners because I managed my people so good, man. Like I didn't even need to be there. I was taking all kinds of risks. And then let me tell you, and I don't know if I said this on a podcast ever before, it's almost like I was setting myself up to be in a position to get fired because I didn't care that deeply about the money. I didn't care about the status. I didn't care about the company. I was just like, this is stupid. So uh, eventually it got to a breaking point. Um, and then out of nowhere, my former commanding officer, the guy I respect most in the world is now a general manager with Amazon. He's going to Portland. He's like, Rich, I'm opening a facility up there. Can you come? I got myself in trouble with that. Cause I basically recruited half my freaking building. And I was like, let's go to Portland <laughs> house over there. You know, and I'm like, let's go to Portland. Everyone's like, let's go. Um, anyway, uh, shit started getting out of control. And like I said, like, I was just, I don't know. I got, I got into some stuff with HR and then I was talking to my wife. She's like, that's it. She's like, that's it. I'm like, what? She's like, you're done. I'm like, dude, I was never been so relieved in my life. I finally felt like I had permission and everything I hadn't been telling her, even though she saw that I hated it, everything so much and that I wasn't myself. Um, she gave me permission to be like, that's it. So what did we do? We left our five bedroom house in Austin because I was overindulgent because I wanted to be this cool ass providing husband and father, even though I wasn't present. Yep. And we moved in, like you said, into my in-laws basement. And then I was like, all right, it's time to figure this shit out. I, I dude, like Let's get back to basics, get back oh, to the roots of the family, man. hundred percent. I've been, I've been, I've been in your shoes before. Yeah. And it's one of those things where you got to block out all the all the vanity and all the bullshit and all the things and, and get back to focusing on what is most important it's your wife and your kid and putting that first man you, you i just want to tell your listeners like it, there's a, a very tangible and agonizing feeling inside when you're just unsettled you know and like <laughs> this is so such a coincidence jeff bezos says stress comes from solving not solving problems that you know need to be solved and it's the absolute truth, man. Like, how long are you going to go? How long are you going to continue on this path of doing something that you don't want? How long are you going to continue being around people you don't need to be around? How long are you going to continue to let the money, you know, and the lifestyle, and you know, you and I know this, like the money and the lifestyle dictate how you're going to just do everything else. Like there is a breaking point. And for you, you said, I think at the beginning or offline, you're 40. How old are you? 40? Yep. I'm 39. Like, there's a meme I just saw yesterday that said, you know, once you get into the fifties, the check engine like comes on a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I got a couple and, of those recently. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, dude, that thing was flashing bright for me and I just didn't have, dude, I was a coward, man. I was a coward. You, weren't, you didn't want to face reality. You were hiding behind something. 
was awful. And I just vow I'm just not going to put myself in that position again. And it's just like, now, I mean, now I'm living my best life, man. Like once you make a decision like that, game over. Right. But that's the next phase of self-awareness, right? You had the first one when you were younger at 18, when you went into the service and then you had another one that, you know, when you, when you transitioned to Amazon, so you left Amazon. Yep. Let's take us there. So you leave Amazon now. What did you have something else lined up or you knew that there had to be something else? Nope. No business. Lower your overhead. You're living in your in-laws basement. So you don't have to worry about that stress of a house. And it kind of frees you up to say, okay, what are my strengths? What is my passion? What do I want to be doing? Yep. What happens at that point, man? I had, I had no plan except to hmm. let my wife kind of carry the load for a little while. And I was just like, all right, let's, let, let me figure this out. So all I know she is- She works full-time? What does she do for a living? Uh, she, she's the director of partnerships at an organization. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, she, she's now on my team, which is the best. But um, I, I wish I have a million cameras around here. But uh, I had this one camera that when, she, when I retired, she was getting out of the army. She was in the army. Oh, interesting. And we took about two months and we just traveled Europe when we got out. Cause we're like, we'll never get this opportunity again as adults. So you, you, you met, you met her, you met, was she, was she was in the army, you said, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So we where'd met, you guys meet? You guys met when you're both in, on serve, in service? Yeah. But we didn't really know. And it wasn't like we worked together or anything like that. I mean, it's just a crazy. coincidence. Yeah. It was, it was wonderful. Wow, like that. she was hanging out with her army friends and I was hanging out with my Marine buddies and we met one night and I mean, I mean, I mean, we'll save that story for part two. Yeah, dude. But, uh, so when we had gone to Europe, I, I said, I think I took like 6,000 pictures, man. Like, and I just like, we went so many different countries and I was like, all right. So I, I went back to that and that, that place of just happiness and traveling and, and doing these hikes and these beautiful cities and the pictures. So I'm like, all right, photography, bro, this is so funny, but I literally applied to like these shithole camera shops who for entry level positions just so I could learn and like no one no one replied to me like ever now I'm getting alerts all the time in my email it's hilarious and Anne's like you're probably too overqualified I'm like I made it clear that like this is what I want to do so I'm, that's a blessing in disguise that that didn't work out so I just started doing pictures and then I was like you know taking pictures and looked into photography I'm like you know what this isn't gonna work man like this is like you need to hit the lottery in order to really make it right especially I mean dude Especially, what kind of photography could you do? Journalism, wedding photos, bar mitzvahs? What we, no, 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 what no. What no, going to no. do? Like, yeah. Like, what, and, like, work in a photo store, work at, at Best Buy? Like what? No yeah. offense, but like, what were you going to do with that? I don't know. Right? But there's a passion there. You have an eye. You want to capture something. enjoy you it. Tell, right? Yeah. You, you had this mindset of like, I'm a storyteller, right? So that takes us, had the video break. Yep. So I started offering people in this small town in BFE, Virginia, man, 3,000 people in this town. Um, uptown and downtown were separated by 0.8 miles and it was a mcdonald's and a walmart i mean that was pretty funny man so this town is culture culture shock culture shock from austin so there we are and um i was like, all right let me start Uh, there's a gym so i go to this gym i'm like what if i made a promo for your gym can i get like three months free membership barter mine literally like this is like the gary v blueprint right so i'm like all right so he said yeah made this video. It sucked. Um, and then I made a couple other videos for other businesses. And then I, this is, this is where it went wrong. Uh, so before things got right, it still went worse. Uh, I started spending a ton of money on courses, webinars, conferences, equipment. Trying to figure it out. Yeah, dude, just all this money just going into this nonsense. But 
But uh, as you mentioned, you know, one of your heroes, who's my hero and friend as well, uh, Claude uh, Silver over at Vayner, the whole time I was going through all those trials and tribulations at Amazon, we had been connected on LinkedIn and she would literally take time almost every month to just like talk to me. I don't know why, but she did. And she would always say, you're in the driver's seat more than you think. And I'm like, yeah, but no one's noticing me. I'm like doing all this good stuff and blah, 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 blah. And she's like, when the time is right. And I was like, I don't know. I never knew what she meant. So now it was time for me to say thank you. She's like the Oracle, man. I know, man. So <laughs> I, it was ridiculous. So I finally get on her calendar. I'm like, I want to come see you. I have to drive an hour to Richmond. And then from there, it's six hour train ride. So it's seven hours. And I, I ended up doing this multiple times. And I went up and I just had this like, thought out presentation of how I was going to offer her to literally just document her. Be, be her uh, D-Rock. Yes, <laughs> literally. And I go in there and my wife was with me and my wife's super cool. So like, it's the end of the, yeah, we're in her office at the end of the day. And I'm like, I like barely have said a word. I'm like, I'm like, can you guys stop talking? I was like literally jealous of my wife. Finally get to it. And I offer Claude, I'm like, Hey, you know, you've done so much. This is the only way I could thank you. Like, this is, this is something I believe you need and deserve and whatever. And like, I was like kind of in the middle of pitching. She's like, I trust you. And I'm like, what? I'm like, who the fuck says that? She feels it. It's an energy. And it's, an, yeah. it's an energy with her. Yeah. I was like, what? So she's like, I trust you. I'm like, all right. So she gets back to me and uh, she, she calls me a little while later. She's like, look, I talked to Gary and whatever. She's like, because, you know, this is very HR centric. Like we can't do a lot of the stuff that you would normally do. I have so many private conversations. She's like, but if you want to come to keynotes and panels and stuff like that, I was like, whatever, no problem. Right. So literally I would go get on a train in New York and do this thing and just, you know, just go up and like capture her. So, um, the business. So, so this was just an idea of me giving back, man. Like I just really wanted to say, thank that's you. how it starts though. Right? I just wanted to say thank you, but I really enjoyed it. So I, um, we were in a cab and we're on the way back from a panel and dude, I don't, this is like the first time I ever filmed with her. And she said, uh, how was combat? I'm like, what the fuck? Like, who the hell? No, like, like no one's like, ever. It's no like, one, the, it's like the question that you don't really, like, unless you're in service, you don't want to ask somebody not in service. You don't want to know those stories. Like those things are deep, man. Yeah. And, and she you asked know, you and she asked me and like, this is after we were just in the cab, like looking at, we were each looking out our respective side of the window. We're just kind of chilling and it's like raining. And she asked, and then I was just like, I said everything. I was just like, I don't know. I don't know how, man. I don't know why, but I, she's a civilian. We have no business knowing each other on that level. And I was like, here it is. And wow. then she starts talking about her and, and all her stuff. And then we get out, we get back to Vayner and she goes, why weren't you filming that? And I was like, <laughs> and at the same time, it was like, boom, light bulb. Like, I'm like, this is what I need to do. Yeah. You need to, ca you need to capture, you need to capture those emotional moments. Yeah, and, and those real, those real raw, uncut moments, because that's when people are, you know, truly their real, authentic selves, <laughs> right? Last time I saw her, I told her I was like, that was the first time we had a real conversation. She goes, really? She goes, all of them were real to me. Like for me, like she, like she was essentially saying, like, oh, we were connected on a deeper level from the beginning, and I was like, oh, that was the deep level for me. But anyway, um, so so that gave me the idea, and then I transitioned into business, man, into the entrepreneurial world, and I started like volunteering to interview people. I started just trying to like get as many names as I can, doing all kinds of bullshit gigs, and and had no idea what I was doing. I was learning on the cuff, and and here I. Am 
and and I just realize that as more and more time goes on, I'm like, I just want to help people be visible. That's it, period. Like we all have value to bring and the only way to be truly visible is to get your ass on camera and you're uncomfortable doing that. Of course. Guess what? Guess what? I can make you comfortable as hell because that's just how I am. And like, I don't know. I don't, that's the value you bring to people, right? Like, like the, the actual technical skill set of, of shooting a video isn't that crazy once you practice it and get to know the equipment, but it's really about evoking the story and the emotion, making people feel comfortable in front of the camera or on the microphone like we're doing right now, and getting them to open up and tell their true story. That's your point of difference, Rich. Yeah. Right? That's what makes you different than, than anybody else. So let's talk about where the business, Rich Cardona Media, is right now. Give us a little kind of end of 2019, State of the Union. Yeah. Tell us real quick, Rich, well, if, if I'm interviewing you for, for, you know, which I am, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like yeah. real quick, highlights of say. Highlight, business highlights of 2019 and what's on deck for 2020. I'm halfway to my business goal as far as on my client roster. Uh, I have uh, a certain number of client, uh, retained clients that I have who have six nice. month or 12 month contracts, halfway there. And you know what, man? Like, I need to share this story. It's so important. I, I had Please. an epiphany. Like, you're so lucky, man. Like, I just had an epiphany um, a couple of days ago epiphany when I was crazy. at Vid Summit in 2019, Vid Summit. And last year at Vid Summit is, is when I was able to ask Gary a question. Dude, we had an exchange for like 10 minutes. Everyone's like, I can't believe that happened. Everyone's like high-fiving me after. That's how I got to meet him. Well, anyway, so it's a year later. I've, in my opinion, have been crushing it. I'm making more than I was at Amazon. I got That's a team. Right, man. Think, things are going crazy. And um, we're here at the next Vid Summit. And I go, Casey Neistat's there, Shalene Johnson, who I know. I've interviewed Sean Cannell, a bunch of all these people. And... I was freaking Debbie Downer at this thing. Why? And I brought my wife with me. And, and I didn't know what it was until this moment. Peter McKinnon finishes his keynote. I saw him at the bar later. He's with his friends. I literally, it was like deja vu from the year before. I went up to him and talked to him for a little while. But this time, I had my videographer, Crispy, with me. So I go up to Peter McKinnon. I was like, hey, man, awesome keynote, blah, 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 blah. I was like, this is my videographer. I was like, I'm recording. You know, I, I just didn't think it was a big deal. We start talking, and then I essentially invite him to be on the podcast. And he goes, uh, can you turn the camera off? And then he basically politely tells me, like, I'm booked out. I'm not fucking not remotely interested in your shit. You know, like, not like that in a super nice way. Yeah. So we get back to the room, and I told my wife, I'm like, what the fuck was I thinking? Like, I should have asked permission, number one. Like, I don't know what I was thinking. Like, it's almost like I kind of overstepped my boundaries. Maybe, but at the same time, that's actually all that fearless kind of inquiries is what led me to a lot of, yeah. You got to break that down. So my wife goes- Rather beg for, you know, ask for permission than beg. Yeah, yeah. So my wife goes- forgiveness and ask for permission, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So my I'm like bent out of shape and my wife goes, how do you know veterans would want to hear from him anyway? And I'm like, Shit. And I realized right there, Adam, that I just wanted, I've been wanting proximity to influence, proximity to power. You know how much better it would be if I just put a post out on LinkedIn? Like, I want the most articulate and most fun finance person who could teach it like they're talking to a fifth grader to be on my show. Who do you got network? Who do you know? Instead of being like Dan Locke, Dave Ramsey, or I don't know, Grant Cardone, like going straight after that. Go ahead. Go ahead. Keep, keep going with this. So I'm like, okay, 
that would benefit my audience better. And that puts me in a position number two, where I am not seeking out the people and they're seeking me out instead. That's, that's epiphany number one. Epiphany number two is why the hell am I going to conferences and events? I know everything I need to know. You know what that conference did for me? It made me realize I know way more than I fucking thought I knew. Yep. You did get something out of it. That was your ROI, man. That's yeah. a huge ROI. It's huge. So like literally this week I'm starting like, I'm like, I'm working two or three hours a day. Like I'm, I'm delegating. I'm like all this stuff. So, um, so learning is a form of procrastination, man. And it's like, I have, you know, Billy Jean marketing, Billy Jean is marketing. Do you know that guy? I'm familiar. Okay. So he's amazing. I saw him at a, at a, at a conference, of course, but I've, I signed up for his, one of his programs. Then Sean Cannell, I signed up for one of his things. This is over the course of a year. And then I'm just like, you know how much implementing of that stuff I've done? Nada. 0.0. Nothing. It's like, it's like my trajectory was like this. And then it's like, you go to conference, it's like that, come back down. It's like, okay. And then ultimately like the mean is, is low. And it's like, if I'm hyper-focused, like get out of my way, man. Like I'm just going to dominate. So that is what I took away. That is the status right now of Rich Cardona Media, which is I'm looking for some badass clients who are going to let me take them to the next level. And I'm going to tune out all the noise, no yes. more traveling, no more nonsense, no nothing. I'm going to over deliver for people who want to be visible, who want speaking engagements, who want to be on your podcast, who want to be, you know, invited to this and this event. And I'm going to take their brand to the next level because the people I work with, they deserve it. And I just go all in. Yes. All in. Love it. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about, man. You got to block out the noise too. And, 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 and I'm glad I didn't interrupt you, but some really interesting point, you know, I've been having a conversation with a lot of these um, successful podcasters as we like to call them. And <laughs> They're all having the same guests on and it's creating this echo chamber. I'm like, listen, there's certain guests that are awesome. They're going to be awesome every single time, but they keep telling the same story on yes. each show. They keep promoting the same exact thing. And where's the value there? Yes, it's awesome. Like they're getting sponsors and everything. Like, listen, I would love for my podcast to blow up. Of course, who wouldn't, right? I'd love to get sponsors and, and, and monetize it. But ultimately going back and I, and I feel we're aligned on this one. Ultimately, we're about giving back. This is a value add. You know, and I keep saying this, and, and this is why we're aligned, Rich. Our networks are our net worth, right? And we bring people to the table and showcase them. This is our canvas, man. Yeah. We bring on folks like yourself, who, who my audience may not know, they will after this for sure, to talk about what value you bring. And that's the value of the show, is to introduce people and, and elevate them, right? Yeah. It doesn't always have to be the same people on every single show, right? And there's yep. times when those people do add value. Don't get me wrong on that. Of course. You need to separate and differentiate. Yep. I mean, on the same podcast and, making the rounds is like, what is the talk? Is Good Morning America? What is this shit? Exactly. And and you know what, man? Like, and it made me realize. And look, man, like, I, I'm I'm very happy with how things have gone, but it humbled me and it brought me back to reality, which is, my interests are not the same as my audience. Like, I I literally took I put myself first in some of these situations because. I was enamored or I thought this person was the shit or I thought they could bring so much value, but I wasn't thinking of it from the other side, from the other side. And that's the easiest way to lose. But in this game, you come across these moments a lot and you learn mm -hmm. and then that's it. If I mean, as long as you don't make the same mistake twice, you can't fucking lose. I love it, man. So let's talk about the Leadership Blocker podcast. Just real yeah. quick for anyone who has not checked it out, we're going to link it below. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. I'm going to be on Rich's show in a couple of weeks. Yeah. To tell my story and his show. But tell us, when people ask me about my show, I'm able to articulate it. Rich, what is the Leadership Blocker about? 
The Leadership Blocker is where I interview industry experts to share their expertise with transitioning service members and veteran entrepreneurs like me, because I was both, because it's a very visceral freaking transition. It's scary. It's ugly. And just like we were kind of talking about the podcast circuit and same people being on everyone's podcast, um, you don't want the echo chamber of veteran to veteran, you know, guidance. Mm -hmm. Like, let me ask just people. People, like regular people, people who are doing things who you, you may respect the service and you may say thank you for your support, but you don't know anything about being in it, which no. to me makes your take valuable, very valuable. Yeah, I'm looking, for, I'm looking forward to talking about that too. I mean, I pivoted. I mean, I transitioned from one yeah. industry to well, another. I mean, it's like, about how do you, what's the mindset behind the transition? Where do you, how do you get yourself prepared to make a shift, whether it be a, a life shift, a work shift? new kids are on the way. And we could yep. talk, I want to dig into that too. Um, when I come 100%. on your show too, I mean, I had a breakdown with my second kid, right? Mm -hmm. You know, my, there was a seven year difference and, and I lost my shit because I was so used. My kid was six at the time. She's self, I could literally autopilot. be upstairs doing something. She's down to, and she was on autopilot. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I'm back in daddy mode six years later. And there's a big difference between having a kid at 33 and 39. So I'll park that for a minute. Let, let's bring this home here, Rich. What does the word authentic mean to you? Authentic means if I don't like wearing a suit, I will wear this instead. Okay, like authentic means like when I ask you why, you don't need a good memory. You know, like when I ask you why on a follow-up question, it's just like whatever your heart says. Like I don't see the wheel spinning so you could prep that shit like I, like I, I that's authenticity to me and that's that's again like it's kind of like my gift man like people become unwrapped when i talk but authenticity in its purest form man is is not being afraid of who you are um and it's just it's it's being willing to do what everyone else won't and i love that more than anything man like i mean that's what authenticity is that's awesome man what is the single greatest piece of advice that you've ever received that you take action on daily? <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of these things that come firing at you in the military. Uh, one of them is, and I love this line. There's two. One I, I practice pretty regularly. The other one I'm working on. It's work in progress. But one is never stop in the middle. You stop at the end. Like, like, dude, like we get so much momentum sometimes that we're just like, oh man, I'm going to reward myself. And you know what? <laughs> I'm actually going to start watching football on Sundays all day again. Like, nope. I would love to. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Nope. Like, that's not how it works. Like we reward ourselves first. Like, don't get me wrong. Celebrate your victories. But, but what, what got you there, what got you here is not what's going to get you here. It just means you need to turn it up a notch. So you just need to frame everything differently. So, so that's number one. Number two is, which I'm working on hard, is talk less, listen more. I love to talk. So do I, dude. That's why we have podcasts, right? <laughs> I love to talk, man. But like the art of what I'm trying to do involves listening and the art of really helping my clients tell their story and, it help, and them helping me tell the story for them involves just shutting up. It's hard. You know, just shutting up, even though I'm so curious and intrigued on so much stuff. It's like, you just got to wait. Just wait, Chill. listen, listen, listen. Yeah, I love it, man. What, what legacy do you want to leave behind, man? Never settle. 
that shit's literally going to be on my tombstone, man. Like, yeah. Like, look, man, I've been previously married. Um, I've been an enlisted Marine who became an officer. I was the first college graduate in my immediate family. Um, I was freaking, you know, a helicopter pilot. Like, what the hell is that? Who does that? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, um, you know, and, and I walked away from an amazing job and what a lot of people would consider themselves blessed to be. And now I got a freaking company that's approaching a quarter mil in rev. I mean, like in eight months, like get the fuck out of here. Boom. Like I, I'm just, I'm, I can't settle. I can't, I can't sit still. I'm, I am literally like restless, restless leg syndrome, but like as a human being. <laughs> I'm banging my head against my microphone, dude, because we are, we are, we are in such a similar place right now where it's like the momentum, the, the, I get high off momentum. I, I, I fucking like coming off of the Gary thing in Dallas. It just, yeah. Like it's, it's a shot of adrenaline. I have got all these business opportunities that are coming in. I love it. Brand is building the, the, the engagements are coming, man. I, I love it. And we're, we're aligned on that. Interesting. Cause I, I don't want to look too far backwards cause we're, we're looking forwards right now, but yep. what would you say up until this point right now is your greatest accomplishment? Dude, I mean, is, is not having a business plan and, and just like, like, I am going to be the strange advocate for veteran entrepreneurs to be like, dude, just, just throw it away. Just throw it away because like, you don't know, like, you don't know, like you, you have to just like, taste all this stuff until you figure out, you know, what you really, really love to do. Like, you don't need to have the finances figured out. You don't need to set up the website. You don't need to have, you know, you know, make an LLC. Just you don't do need it. to just, 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 just be in it. Just be in it. So like my greatest accomplishment is that I've done everything completely unorthodox and I'm still being people who've freaking done it the right way. And I am going to continue to crush. I'm competitive as hell, man. So like all these people around me who are doing this and they're like, wait, you didn't do whatever or blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, I actually don't have an email list right now working on it, but I'm, I'm in no rush. I got my marathon yep. shoes on. <laughs> like, me too, man. I'm, I'm good. Man. my database too. I mean, yeah, it's, I'm, it's crazy. I'm good. Like, uh, I'll be all right. Like, we'll, we'll be just fine because we have because we have that other thing that a lot of people don't have. They may have the business plan, and everything, but it's a tenacity. Yeah. Right. The podcast is about tenacity and bringing people on who have those. Well. Rich, not every day is sunshine and rainbows. You've been down in the shit. You've been in the worst fucking places that that a human <laughs> being could be mentally. And, and probably you've seen some shit in your time in the yep. military as well. And on the flip side of that, where well, we are right now having this awesome conversation Life is good. Business is good. Family, kids, and all that shit. What do you look to either to pull yourself up or to show gratitude? Rich Cardona, what is your North Star? Uh, it's my daughter. I mean, I don't care how cliche that is, but like I look at her, I'm like obsessed with her. Like she is just this beautiful human being. And um, I just want her to see and understand what I'm doing and like just just live a way better life than if I had been doing what I was like, it's that simple, man. I, I, I mean, there's really no other way to put it, but her. And then obviously my wife, man, like my wife is a very kind of quiet, indifferent woman, a beautiful woman, but quiet and indifferent. She doesn't give me feedback. She doesn't have like the crazy conversations like this. She's measured and look, she's in the army. She had her own shit as well. But when the time is right, she just drops these fucking bombs on me that changed my life i don't know how to explain it man but like just like in la when she's like how do you know they would want peter mckinnon on anyway like dude she has no idea how big that was <laughs> like it snapped me out of it 
you you need because your head is fucking focused, and what it's, it's it's you have the blinders on, and that's why you need somebody. I got it, man. Good woman, good partner. That's what yeah. we need. Rich, so, thanks thanks for coming on, man. This is fucking awesome. Thank you, man. I I I really. I, I can't thank you enough and I'm looking forward to hearing I, I cannot wait to flip this around. <laughs> I can't, well, I'm going to have to, I can't wait to put explicit on all my stuff. Yeah, guess, it's, you know? it's, it's fine, man. And I think it's, I got to look at the calendar. I think, I don't know if it's before or after I'm interviewing Claude cause I'm going to, I want to talk to Claude. I think it's right it. before, but, yeah. uh, but like I said, I'd like to try and not do a remote, but we'll see, but we'll figure but it out. Yeah. yeah. Rich, thanks for coming on. Um, so closing thoughts here. First and foremost, I have a ton of respect for Rich and his service to this country and what he's building and his dedication to self-improvement for himself and his family. He's an astute marketer who understands how to communicate and be a true storyteller in today's limited attention span world. And he's learning how to listen a lot better too. He puts the value of relationships on a pedestal where they belong. Your network is your net worth and you need to invest into it, foster it and grow it all the time. And Rich is a shining example of what dedication and focus looks like. And I applaud him for his commitment to helping other vets as well. And I hope that Rich's story inspired you. And please be sure to check out Leadership Locker and all of his great content. Rich, thanks for coming on the show. I look forward to continuing to build our relationship. Synergies, we're gonna, we're gonna do some awesome collabs and make shit happen. Where can people find you? Uh, richcardonamedia.com. Please check me out there. I'm really, really big, just like you are on LinkedIn. I love that platform. I really think any serious business people are going to understand that while you could do it on some of the other social networks, the people with the money that you want to, and, and, you know, understand your business, support your business are on LinkedIn. So you better freaking get on it. Absolutely. Amen. And to everyone listening, thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening, subscribing. We're going to have all of Rich's links below when this show drops. And remember, take your online offline. Thank you for joining us on the podcast. We will catch you next week for another great episode. Take care. Wisdom is forever, but for us, it's time to go. Thank you for joining us. Luckily, we'll be back with our next episode jam-packed with more incredible humans. For more info, please visit www.nhptalentgroup.com.